Dagon's Illusion, Episode 46, Day of Reckoning. When Ellie asked Robert to meet her for dinner, he knew that wasn't a good sign. She had chosen a quiet little place that served excellent jambalaya and oyster pie. After they had ordered, they sat with glasses of wine. In the candlelight, Dagon saw tears glistening in her eyes. I take it you don't have good news for me. She shook her head. Ben called this afternoon. He's been negotiating for the past week. They've offered ten cents on the dollar and they won't budge. Our only choice is litigation, which we are preparing to file. Well, that's not unexpected. You're still set on staying in New Orleans? He nodded. She smiled through her tears. Okay. So what are you going to do, Ellie? I don't know yet. I've got several offers. A partnership and a new management company in Vegas called Dark Vision. They represent some big acts and they're getting into producing. Steve Rothman has made a nice offer and there are others. I'm sure there are. You're going to do great. But it's not what I want to do. For a moment, neither of them spoke. Then Robert cleared his throat. Um, listen. I want to thank you for all you've done for me. You've been a lot more than a business partner. Ellie smiled and wiped her eyes. Okay, that's enough or I'm going to start bawling. Ellie, I don't want you to come out of this losing a dime. Whatever we have to do, sell the property, sell everything we own, that's how it'll be. Tell Ben to draw up the papers that way. You're going to make this really hard, aren't you? I'm going to have to negotiate for you against myself so you don't get ripped off. They both laughed. But then Dagan grew serious again. You've been taking care of me for a long time. It's my turn to take care of you. The club isn't worth putting on the market until we're through litigation. But there's another way to cash you out. According to our contract, I have the option of buying your half of everything. I want to do that, and I want the club valued at a pre-hurricane price. Robert, that's insane. I won't hear of it. It would take every dollar you've gotten. It wouldn't be fair. You wouldn't have any money. How would you live? I'll go on the road. Hey, maybe your management firm would represent me. You hate being on the road. Yeah, but it would be good for me. I'd get in touch with real audiences again. Their food came, but neither was hungry. Dagan took a couple of bites and then laid down his fork. I'd like to do something special for our people. Maybe we could uh, hold a really nice dinner with some awards, and we need to talk about severance packages. Let's be generous. How about for team leaders, a year's salary? For everybody else, a graduated scale, the lowest level for the newest people being six months' wages. Also, we maintain health insurance for everyone for up to a year, or until they're re-employed, whichever comes first. Do you know how much that would cost? I don't care. Take three quarters of it from my money. The ever intimidating Robert Dagan. This is why you've needed me. You'd give away the shirt off your back if I let you. I'll work up a reasonable plan and we'll talk about it. For a moment they ate in silence. Then Robert looked at her. I uh, didn't really finish what I was going to say before. Oh, here we go again. Yeah, well, I need to say it. So just listen. You've saved my life more than once. When I was in prison, you fought for me like no one else. I'd still be there if it wasn't for you. And when I was in a pit so deep I couldn't move, you pulled me out. You've kept me from making terrible mistakes. Most of all, you believed in me. Whatever success I've had, so much of it is because of you. There just are no words. Taking her hand, he kissed it. Okay, damn it, I'm crying in my Creole and it's salty enough. 
They both tried to laugh, and not much more was said. That night when Robert Dagan went back to his hotel room, he felt truly awful. His head was aching, his gut burned with indigestion, and worst of all, he wanted to cry, which disgusted him. Gritting his teeth, he cursed himself until the desire for tears dried up. Then he slugged down half a bottle of Maalox, followed by a double shot of whiskey and three Advil. Figuring the combination could kill anything, he went to bed with the TV on. The last thing he remembered was watching a documentary about animals eating each other. As he drifted off, the vague thought entered his mind that such images were obscene. Only a vile creature like man would go out of his way to watch them. The combination of Maalox, Whiskey, and Advil is not known for giving good dreams. In the middle of the night, Dagan woke up with the lucid awareness that he desperately needed to go to the bathroom but was too tired to get out of bed. Wonderful. A lucid toilet dream. Groaning, Dagan sat up. To his unpleasant surprise, his hotel bed and furniture were neatly arranged in the middle of the grand ballroom at the club. All the windows were still broken and debris was everywhere. Truly irritated, he got out of bed to search for a restroom. Like all toilet dreams, the search was utterly fruitless. Every restroom door was locked with a sign on it that read, Closed, Eustace is toilet painting. In a rage, he had yelled and pounded on the doors to no avail. Finally, he had gone back to bed, desperately willing himself to wake up so he could really go to the bathroom. It was then he had noticed that the TV was still on in the grand ballroom. Instead of a program about animals eating each other, on the screen were three primitive symbols floating and flashing in a sea of electronic snow. One was a slightly skewed square with two lines extending from one corner like the tail of a fish. The second was an arrow with the head pointing upward, and the third was an upside-down U with one leg shorter than the other and a flat crossbar connecting them. As Dagon stared at the symbols, desperately wanting to pee, suddenly the dream disappeared and he was back in his hotel room. Stumbling to the toilet, he unleashed and groaned with pleasure. When he came out, the TV was on, but the symbols had vanished. All that was left was electronic snow. From somewhere, he heard a voice whisper, Go back to sleep now. Without another thought, he lay down and was asleep the moment his head touched the pillow. It was 10.30 a.m. when his cell phone rang with the irritating John Philip Sousa tune that Eustace had chosen for him. Slowly, stars and stripes forever dragged him from deep slumber into a muddled, angry awareness. It felt as though he had been drugged. Then came the memory of Maalox, Scotch, and Advil. He had been drugged. His head still ached and his eyes didn't want to open, and the damnable music kept marching right along. With a string of curses, he fumbled it open, then croaked into it. What? It was Ellie. Robert, it's 10.30 in the morning. So? So you're still asleep? I was. Get into the office right now. Do I have time to take a piss? No, we have restrooms over here. You are really irritating. I don't care. Just get in here. I have news. And this news is so secret that you can't say it over the damn phone? I have to be there in person? Robert! All right, all right. Thirty minutes later, Dagan screeched his Corvette to a stop outside their rented house, then dragged himself from behind the wheel, up the steps, and through the front door. Ellie rushed from her office holding an envelope. You look like weak old crap. Thanks, you're beautiful too. Have you ever heard of the Urson Trust? No, and whoever they are, I don't give a damn about them. Coffee, I want coffee. 
This morning when I got in, which by the way was at 6.30 a.m., well, what a great little Girl Scout. Where's the damn coffee? You know where it is. Grouching out obscenities, he plowed into the kitchen and poured himself a cup, splashing half of it on the counter. Clean that up. Get off my ass. When I got in, I had an email from Stanley. Stanley, the nauseating, nebbish banker with the crap-eating grin? Yes, that's Stanley. Whoever they are, the Urson Trust wants to open an unlimited line of credit for us. What? Dagan stared at her through bleary eyes. What did you say? We are being offered an unlimited line of credit to rebuild the club. In case you didn't notice, I am not in a mood for jokes. This is not a joke. Okay, then it's a scam. What's the interest rate? A thousand percent? Zero percent. No interest. This isn't real. It's garbage. Somebody is screwing with us. I thought so too. Stanley thought so. But we both checked out the organization. They're totally legit. Based in Zurich. Been in existence for over 100 years and are funded to the tune of billions. But they're super low-key. Hate publicity. Can't find a list anywhere of their interests, investments, or the name of anyone on the board. How do they even know about us? There's a catch someplace. Probably, but we haven't found it yet. Maybe some of the answers are here. This was hand-delivered an hour ago, and it's addressed to you. Dagon took the envelope. The return address was the Urson Trust in care of a Zurich bank. Tearing it open, he pulled out a single sheet of expensive stationery and read, To Mr. Robert Dagan. Dear Mr. Dagan, It has come to the attention of our board of directors that your organization has sustained significant loss due to the catastrophe of Hurricane Katrina. Believing in the cultural significance of your corporate purpose and activities, we are placing at your disposal a financial grant in the form of an unlimited line of credit to be used for the complete rebuilding and restoration of the historic structure once known as Marin House. In return, we ask that you agree to the following stipulations. A. That the building and grounds be restored as closely as possible to their pre-storm condition. B that the following symbols be placed in an inconspicuous location on the front porch and within the foyer, that our name and involvement never be mentioned or associated with the project in any way whatsoever. If these stipulations meet with your approval, please sign in the space provided and return the letter to our office. Upon receipt, your line of credit will be opened. Sincerely, Odom Pinchot, Director of the Urson Trust. Dagan stared at the symbols in the letter. They were the same ones that he had seen in his dream. What the hell is going on here? What do you mean, what's going on? They believe in our cultural significance. Yeah, and they must pass around crack pipes in their board meetings. This is a scam. Nobody gives away money. I agree. All right, I need 24 hours. You and Weird Stanley keep checking. Who's that guy we know at the State Department? The lousy amateur magician who constantly wants to perform at the club? Dwight Killian. That's the one. Call him up and see what he can chase down. Handing her the letter, he stalked out of the house.